The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Performing with the Wings, of course, coming to Edmonton September 30th in a uh, four Canadian city tour. You know uh, what town he's not going to, Brad? Which town is that in? Uh, south of us, our friends down in Calgary, where we're joined by uh, Todd Hirsch, a chief economist, ATB Financial, for another edition of uh, Hoot. Oh, we'll work on that. Hey, Todd. Hey. Oh, that Calgary slam, that hurts. Uh, does it, though? I mean, you always consider yourself sort of a dislocated Edmontonian, don't you? Well, I am a dislocated Edmontonian, but I do pay property tax in Calgary. And, and, and the fact that none of the good concerts come here, it's, it's just terrible news. Well, well, I think should, I'm up to and that's all you're an good. economist. You should kick around the idea of uh, coming up with some money for an arena. <laughs> we we or, did or, it. Or, well, that or, or maybe we need the high-speed train. Yeah, that's a you pretty know, good idea. Bring your Calgary bucks train. up here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all in favor of it. Hey, Todd, saw your topic for today and thought, man, that's yeah. different than what we uh, typically talk about. You want to talk about life expectancy in Alberta. Yeah, because I think there's an economic angle to this. This is a report that came out from Stats Canada uh, last week, and it showed that uh, el- the average age of a child born in Alberta, so this would be t- uh, this is 2016 data, but it wouldn't be any different child born today is now 81.5 years 81. and i thought for one thing that is uh that's the record high i mean these life expectancies they keep getting uh, older and older um but we're actually a little bit below the national average i was i was surprised by that the national average is 82. so alberta we're actually just a little bit below the the national average and i attribute that to while well, we have a slightly higher proportion of males in alberta mostly because of the industries here, but slightly more men proportionately than a lot of other provinces do. And men live about four years less than women. So I think that's what pushes Alberta just slightly below the national average. And that the fact, I guess, that uh, out east they're enjoying our tax dollars, so... <laughs> well, and I was going to say, though, that of all the people that live in Alberta, there's everybody from out east. Well, that's true, too. So there's, they're going to live until they're 87 or 88 because they're all coming from yeah. the other end of the, the country. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that Brad and I are going to live to 81.5, though, because we'd have to be born today for that life expectancy to be true. That's right. And the interesting thing is why the, the release of the Stats Canada data this week was... So a child born, I guess, on Sunday, July 1, we are now 81.5 years away precisely from the year 2100. So statistically, a child born on Sunday, on average, will live to see the year 2100. Oh, wow. Now, many, many will live much longer than that. Some won't live. But on average, you know, 2100 is, is life expectancy of, of a newborn a baby in Alberta. Now, you said it had uh, economic ramifications, and I would assume that the longer a person lives, the more services that have to be available for them. <laughs> well, typically, we have viewed seniors as kind of this economic drag on this on the system. But I think we need to start changing our attitudes around that. Because while it is true, and I forget the exact number, some, some listener up there will have the exact figure. While it's true that the vast majority of our health care dollars are used in the last year of our life, 
Uh, it is also true, increasingly, that people over the age of 65 are staying engaged in the workplace much longer than they ever used to. And they are continuing to make contributions, they're continuing to uh, pay taxes, they're continuing to play vital roles in the economy. And I think that is what we need to focus on, the idea that uh, people are living to 815 but they're also living much longer as productive, bringing value to our economy and, and paying tax. You know, that's an interesting, I mean, that's one we've talked about, uh, you know, from various angles over the years, Jay Lynn and I. Uh, but yep. that's an interesting uh, perspective on it because we've talked about how people don't want to retire at 65 anymore because with life expectancy, what are you going to do for, you know, 17 yeah. years, right? So, and, but and I, I haven't thought from the economic of, you know, going off and and living on a golf course in the Caribbean, well, not very many of us. You yeah. know, even if we were diligent saving uh, through our, our working years, not very many people can actually, that's not their reality. They might get away for a, a holiday or two, but they need something to do. And people at, at age 65, generally speaking, people at the age of 65 are not willing to just stop, you know, dropping out of, of life and sitting on the couch and yeah. watching TV. You know, Todd, it's interesting, though, The and I, I always welcome the opportunity to, to use the word juxtaposition, but it's an interesting juxtaposition that <laughs> you have a lot of people of all ages pushing towards a four-day work week, um, but at the same time pushing towards not being obligated to retire at 65, and actually, those two concepts kind of go hand in hand because if you have a larger workforce, because you have older people remaining in the workforce, but you've got young people entering the workforce, there has to be a way to make space for everybody. And one of those would be a four-day work week. That, that is certainly one of the ways. And another thing that juxtaposes, I guess, with this, <laughs> um, this, this aging of the population is... The workplace itself in the 21st century is, is changing in some pretty dramatic ways. Less and less are people looking at that 8.30 to 5, Monday to Friday kind of job that came out of the Second World War. That was the dominant sort of office job or factory job. In the 21st century, people, millennials particularly, are looking for much more, much greater flexibility in that. And it's not that they don't want to work but they're just not interested in this punch-in, punch-out, 8.30 to 5 kind of job, which is a very 20th century model of work. So that juxtaposes very well with mm. the seniors or Twice. mature workers who are no longer maybe interested in working 40 or 50 hours a week. They might want to work more part-time, more flexible, but that's actually the way the work world is going. So are you saying now that millennials are looking for maybe one day eight to four the next day 12 till nine and then one day off then back to work do they are they sort of all over the place here todd well i don't i certainly don't want to speak for every millennial and i am certainly not a millennial <laughs> um and I, well, this I, is I, where I, we're supposed way. to object oh you're not <laughs> <laughs> no i'm squarely in the baby boomer i think or maybe yeah. uh um, but so I don't want to speak for millennials, but in my experience with them, they are very committed, very valuable workers, but they do want flexibility. So if there's something going on 
on, on you know, their soccer league. They've got a game at 2 in the afternoon on a Thursday. Uh, they want the flexibility to go off and do that. But then they're going to be working until 9 o'clock, either remotely or taking work home or maybe coming back into whatever kind of shop or office. Now, obviously, for not every type of job is this going to work. If you're a frontline service provider, say, in healthcare or, you know, retail or even in, in a bank, uh, you can't just you know, smoke bomb and, and disappear. But for a lot of other kinds of jobs, you do have that flexibility. And if you're able to give millennials, and increasingly I would say mature workers over 65 years, uh, that sort of flexibility, that is what's going to make you a really interesting uh, and um, appealing employer. Yeah, to the benefit of the employer, by the way. Um, and I should say, yeah. too, it's interesting because we do typically, and by we I mean us baby boomers, we do uh, typically jump to the conclusion that millennials are lazy, but maybe they're just working smarter instead of harder. Well, you know, I know a lot of lazy baby boomers, too. Yeah, uh, like We absolutely. all do, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't think, and again, I, I'm only speaking sort of in my experience and in, in my uh, teaching roles at, in university, but I don't think millennials are at all lazy. I do think, though, they have different values, and time is a valuable commodity to them. And I think being flexible with how they work is something that they value. And if you can harness that, you're going to find absolutely dedicated, committed, valuable employees. Yeah, that's why I say to the benefit of the employer, yeah, exactly for that absolutely. reason. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to point out, Todd, that uh, never before in a conversation with you have I heard, or anyone else for that matter, use uh, juxtapose and smoke bomb in the same conversation. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> your vocabulary is quite impressive. The, the well, you brought the juxtapose. Yeah, so that's true. I, I, I just had to match it and, and up it. <laughs> I, I teed it up and you hit it out of the park. Uh, Todd, always a pleasure. Uh, we've got to take a commercial now. Are you uh, with us now? next week or is it rob roach uh it's going to be rob back with you next week all right sounds good we'll talk in two then thanks gentlemen have a good day you as well thanks bye-bye I know it doesn't. So I'm thankful this time. Well, you know, part of what I have to do when Jay Lynn's not here is edit myself. And now we were talking about uh, talking to Todd Hirsch, who I didn't mention. He's the vice president. Did you know that over at ATP Financial? A vice president, yes. not the vice president. Not the right. vice president, yes. But uh, also the chief uh, economist. And also teaches classes. He does a lot, university. that guy. No kidding. No I wonder know. he's only with us, you know, once every two weeks. Exactly. He's catch I, up on everything. Well, I don't know where he finds time to shop for clothes, but he does. Best dressed. Sure. I was going to say. Economist out there. He sure is. Sharp dressed man, Todd Hirsch. That's right. Now, listen, he was talking about uh, longevity. Well, life expectancy. I shouldn't say longevity. And he said Albertans would live, uh, on average, if born today, to 81.5. So I don't know what I'm living to. Uh, like, I, he didn't tell me. I was born in 59. So could happen at any moment, let's be honest. But here, it turns out that I it, there could be a reason, and maybe I can help change the statistics for Albertans that are <laughs> listening. Uh, maybe I can add that six months that we're missing. The national average is 82, and uh, here in Alberta, we're at 81.5. And maybe I actually discovered the secret to longevity, but didn't know it. Because as you know, Brad, and as does our listeners, um, I drink a lot of coffee. 
How much is a lot to you? Uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say a stupid amount. Like maybe six cups a day. Six cups. And I'm talking larges at Tim Hortons. But you don't drink any here. I know. You don't drink anything, which amazes me, by the way. Me as I've well. Never, I've never mentioned that to you. I know. But we've worked side by side for six months yeah. now. You drink nothing. I know. From two till six. Because I feel like I shouldn't bring liquid into the studio. Ask Ryan Jesperson about that sometime. Now, you're fine over there, but I have a board in front of me. And when I sit over there, I've got some other stuff. Um for texting and so forth, but it's just been a rule of thumb of mine that you don't bring... Now, I used to bring coffee to work and then drink it beforehand, but then I, you know, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm 59. I had to go to... The, you know what I mean? Like, I'm spending every break instead of smoking, which is good for me. I'm running to the bathroom to... But do you not get parched? I know we're I don't. straying a little bit here from what we're trying to no, get that's to, fine. but... It's the afternoon news. We can go but wherever I, you like. I chew the, gum, that's why. That is not hydrating. No, but it freshens your mouth a little bit, much to the chagrin of my partner. Now, I used to do lozenges. Is that how you say it? Lozenges. Lozenges. Can never get that one. Those darn lozenges. I stopped doing it because the partner before this one was so angry with me for chewing lozenges because, and I didn't know this, but there comes a point at which lozenge, lozenge just gives up, right? Like, you know how you're... You can put it to the side of your mouth. You can pretty much talk. Nobody knows. You got to be careful not to switch sides of your mouth because it makes a clicking noise across your teeth. So I got good at that. But at some point, that last little bit of lozenge just disintegrates and it makes this loud cracking noise. Yeah. <laughs> so at least once a day, it was like a little tiny grenade went off in the... Because these mics pick up everything. So just suddenly you'd be talking and there'd be like... It sounded like the roof had caved in. People would actually task, text and ask if we were okay. So I moved over to gum. Which I have gum in my mouth right now, but you wouldn't know it, right? Well, you would know it because you see me chewing it. But, I mean, generally speaking... I know what you mean, yeah. Right. I had a partner once, not the one that was mad at me for the lozenge, but the partner I first had, uh, well, Leslie Primo was my first partner, and that's who introduced me to radio, right? Who played a big role in getting me in radio because I was a guest on her show, and then she kept having me back, and the next thing I know, I worked here. She ate a cucumber on air once. I'm not even making that up. First of all, who eats cucumbers? Sl sliced or whole? No, whole. She just one day ate a cucumber and didn't turn her mic off or anything. It wasn't trying to be funny or anything else. I was talking, and so she felt as though she had a minute, right? Like, you know, your partner starts talking. You're like, oh, good. But she just didn't turn off her mic, and she just ate this cucumber. And I didn't used to wear a headset. Because I, I've gotten into it now. I couldn't do radio without it. You have to be able to hear your own voice, right? It's like a monitor speaker when you're doing comedy. But back then, I didn't like it because I don't like hearing my own voice. Or I couldn't get used to it. So I know how you listeners feel. But anyway, so I didn't have a headset on. So she's just crunching this cucumber. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know if anyone can hear that. But I went back later and listened to it in the vault. And it was like, oh, yeah, you could barely hear me. It was just her crunching a cucumber. I hate cucumber. That's what you got out of that story? <laughs> yeah, because the whole time I'm just thinking of her devouring a whole cucumber. Yeah, oh, she ate the whole... Just, yeah. you know, into the side of the teeth there and yanking a chunk off. And yeah, but you know what? The thing with Primo was she loved her listeners. And so 
she thought of them as, and it, maybe that's where I got it from. Not that I love our listeners particularly, but I do feel like they're friends. Like they feel like a group that gets together every afternoon. I not know, I know they're not all there all the time, or there's new ones all the time. But I feel like there's this core group, and we all get together between two and six every day, right? So it's like she had them in studio, and it was just a casual, right? Conference. And that's how radio is supposed to be. Yeah, is it? Okay, well, good. Well, but, I don't, don't know if it's supposed to entail eating a cucumber, but it would be like if right. he, she invited you over to her kitchen and somebody was telling a story and so she thought well now's a good time to eat a cucumber so i think that was her we never had a conversation about it i don't think so did i mention i i hate cucumber you did um i was going to talk about coffee we really took a left turn there yeah well that's the nature of the program it's so nice with jay gone that this show still sounds very similar uh it turns out uh there was a study so go ahead and drink coffee that's the bottom line in a study of nearly half a million british adults this was a 10-year study so this is not a weekend endeavor yeah not some sort of poll no. hey how many cups do you have well yeah, you think how that are you this... feeling today yeah, right exactly no they actually studied a whole bunch of coffee drinkers for 10 years and overall coffee drinkers were about 10 to 15 percent less likely to die than those who abstained from coffee uh Now, the differences by amount of coffee consumed and uh, genetic variations were minimal. Uh, They did not ask them whether or not they put cream and sugar in the coffee, so that was another variable that wasn't looked at. And it's not clear exactly how drinking coffee affected longevity. It just did. So they didn't come up with a cause or effect. They just said, look, we had this huge sample, and this group drank coffee and lived longer, and this group didn't and didn't. So it's just a numbers thing. But there's been other studies that have suggested that substances in coffee uh, may reduce inflammation and improve how the body uses insulin, which can reduce chances of developing diabetes. Well, totally makes sense. And in previous studies, coffee drinkers were more likely than abstainers to drink alcohol and smoke. Hmm. Ooh. Let me tell you this. If you were the guy behind me in the drive-thru Saturday morning ordering coffee, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you he was on the other side of this case. (laughs) Really? For cream? Eight sugar. Really? No exaggeration. They tell you about the time I went to get quickly because nowhere at our break. I went to get. I was at a party with comics, and I went to get coffee, and I wasn't drinking. And uh, Paul Sveen, a comic at Edmonton, he was like, uh, "Oh, you can grab me a coffee." And I go, "Sure." What are you taking it? And he goes, "Half cream." But there's a huge difference between half a cream and half. I heard half cream, so I went, "Yeah, yeah," and I ordered it. Like, I'll take a coffee, half cream. Yeah, and I brought it back to him, and he took one drink and spit it out across the kitchen table. He goes, what is it? What is it? I go, it's half cream. He goes, half a cream. Well, see, that's why the English language, that's important, that ah. That ah <laughs> makes a big difference. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.